following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Well, I want to welcome you, and I want to welcome those who are watching at home or listening at home, whether live or in the future. We're living in exciting times. We're living in unique times. We're living in times that uh, we have never lived before. That's profound right there, which is another way of saying this is the first day of the rest of your life. But how then should we live? I want to take us... uh, I want to remind us of something I already shared earlier, that this is a a time to be expectant. This is a time to be uh, on our tiptoes looking for what God is doing. You know, God often shows up when things look messy. God showed up when things looked messy for Joseph. God showed up when things looked messy for Daniel. God showed up when things looked messy for the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God often shows up when things are messy. And often we want to measure whether God's even on the scene by how neat and tidy things are. And we should never do that. And it's not that he made the mess, but it's that he's really good at cleaning it up. And we need to understand that we cannot measure the love of God or the presence of God or the concern of God by how things look around us. I want us to turn to uh, Scripture. <laughs> I, don't, I think it'd be very erroneous to try to define what time it is without looking significantly at Scripture. So we're going to do that today by the grace of God, three different Scriptures uh, to help answer that Question, who took my glasses? Thank you. Josiah, you put them there. (laughs) Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Pretty uh, familiar portion of scripture probably for us. Ready or not, here I come. I believe would be the word of the Lord to us this morning. I, I do believe that we are, cl- obviously, that's obvious. Simple Mass tells you that we are closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we've ever been. I was uh, talking to Alan Ross this past week. He was sharing, and this is not, he doesn't have any charts or anything all figured out, but he does believe that uh, the return of Christ is within the next 30, 40 years. Which sounds like, oh, wow, that's a long time. No, it isn't. We better get ready. And um, obviously we don't know. And Jesus makes it very clear we don't know. In fact, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus makes it clear that not only does, and he also made it clear in the book of Acts, there's only one individual, I believe, that knows the timing of the return of Christ, and that's God the Father. It says in Matthew 24, the angels don't know. 
Jesus said in, in uh, the book of Acts when he was asked about you know, the coming kingdom and all that, Jesus said, he, he basically said, I don't know. That's, that's in the hands of my Father. And I believe that to be true. And, uh, well, let's read it. Matthew chapter 1, or uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This obviously is a parable, and a lot of the parables that Jesus told, we understand quite simply, because they were farming parables, and treasure parables, and lost coin parables. And this parable is a little harder for us to understand but it would not have been hard for the people of that day to understand. So I just want to help us give some context to this scripture. In that day, it was the custom, and it was the Jewish custom, uh, number one, for parents to arrange the marriage. If they were good parents, both kids agreed. And both kids said, yes, <laughs> But it was not unusual for a marriage to be arranged, or at least the parents to be involved. Secondly, there was a price paid by the bridegroom for the bride to the family of the bride. Thirdly, there was about a one-year separation where the, bride, the bridegroom, the groom, went home to do a couple of things. One is to make a home or make the home ready to bring the bride because they would live with his family, not hers. And secondly, he would work very hard to gather possessions and to make, if I could say it this way, to make things ready to have the responsibility of caring for a wife. And when that one-year separation is out, the bridegroom would go to get his bride. And um, it's in this context that Jesus writes. And one of the questions that often comes up theologically, well, who are the ten virgins? Are they all going to marry the bridegroom? No. I want to suggest, and, and theologians 
disagree or, you know, have some varying thoughts. But it was common when the bridegroom was coming, he had a procession with him, which was his family. And it was common for the bride to have a procession that would go to meet him, which was her family. You and I know that we have the privilege of being the bride of Christ. And so these ten virgins could represent the bride of Christ, but I believe that they represent the guests that are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, that are invited to the wedding. The Bible talks in many places about you and I being the bride, yes. But understand this, it also talks in many places about you and I being the guests. And our tendency with our natural thinking is, well, which is it? Both. We are both the bride of Christ uh, uh, collectively, and I believe that individually we are the guests that get to sit at the table and celebrate with the bride and the bridegroom of which we're a part of, and yet, and how, how can all this be? Because it's a spiritual reality. It's not natural it's spiritual or supernatural. And so it is in that context that the, whether they represent the bride or whether they represent the guests invited to the wedding, they are an entourage that are going to welcome the bridegroom and to enter into the uh, celebration, which, by the way, usually went on for four to seven days. You parents think your weddings cost a lot for your kids. You see the gravity of the matter when the mother of Jesus comes to him and says, uh, they're out of wine. <laughs> and there's celebrating yet to go on at the wedding of Canaan. Nonetheless, this entourage, whether they represent the bride or whether they represent the guest, doesn't really matter to me. The reality is that there was some that were wise and that there were some that were foolish. I want you to notice that in the delay of him coming, they all slumbered. Nothing wrong with that. I want us to see in Matthew chapter 24 that uh, Jesus says this, and you, you who are projecting don't have this, so don't Try worry about it. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day of Noah when he entered the ark. There's nothing wrong with eating and drinking. There's nothing wrong with marriage and giving in marriage. There's nothing wrong with slumbering. That isn't the problem. The problem was the preparation. The problem was that the wise had brought with them both their lamps I believe, filled with oil, but other vessels to keep their lamps filled with oil. And the foolish did not. And when midnight came, why is it always midnight? I Here's what I believe. I believe that God can't wait for the next day to come, so his mercies can be brand new. He can't wait. If, if there's an appointed day, he wants to hit it like 12.01. Bingo! I'm here! It's now legal. It's now right. It is, you know, we have the saying, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, 
You, you all don't. But some people do. But the reality is it's, it's the next day somewhere sooner than others. And I believe God is always eager right at midnight. Why? Because it marks the end of what is and the uh, beginning of what is going to be. And now it's no longer in the future. It's now present. So the bridegroom, I believe, came at midnight because, can you, here's what we need to understand. I believe, as surely as you and I, as the bride of Christ, are longing for our bridegroom, I want to suggest that our bridegroom is longing for us. And if we are correct, and if he doesn't know the time or the hour, and it really doesn't matter to me whether he does or not, but there is an anticipation on the part of the bride and the bridegroom for the coming day and for the day. And the day finally came, and it's like 12.01. It's, it's already today. So he comes at midnight, want to say again, the angels don't know when that time is. I don't believe Jesus knows. The Father knows. And in the fullness of time. And so the, they go out to meet him. Here's the deal. These lamps that we're talking about, I personally believe they were not the nice, clear lamps that we see, that we have, uh, you know, um, where you can actually put in colored oil in them so they look decorative and all that. I believe that they were vessels of pottery, so to speak, which was common in that day. And you could not see into them, so you don't know whether they're full of oil or not. As you look at me this morning, you don't know whether I'm full of oil or not. You know I'm full of something. <laughs> And as I look at you, I, and as we look around the room at each other, the reality is we all look pretty good. And that's fine, and that's good. But we don't know where we're at on the inside. We don't know where we're at by uh, uh, just looking at one another. Now, sometimes those of us who know each other quite well may be aware that, uh, you are not quite yourself. What's going on? But we can't go by appearance, can we? It would seem to us that the, the five, if they were good Christians, would have shared their oil. Can I just say this? Don't always... Give away your oil to just anybody, especially if it's to somebody who should have gotten their own and are going to in, and have to learn how to get their own. Well, that's harsh. No, that's wise. Dave mentioned last week the scripture where Jesus says, 
depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And we see Jesus say it here again in this parable. Those who were unwise get to the door late. They get to the, the celebration is already underway. And the bridegroom does not want to be bothered with sorting out who's who in the middle of the festivities. And he says, depart from me. I don't know you. And that too can sound harsh. But the reality is that the warning that Jesus has given, and we need to understand that this chapter 25 follows chapter 24, where the disciples had asked Jesus, what are the signs of the ends of times? And he goes through all kinds of things, and he's continuing to do so, I believe, in chapter 25. And it says, no man knows the hour. Be on guard. Be watchful. He tells the parable um, of the unfaithful servant who feels like the Lord is delaying his coming. So he get, begins to beat the other servants. Don't count God's patience as flatness. Don't count God's patience and his endurance. I believe God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are excited to step into 19, or I mean 2022, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and on and on we could go. They're excited about the future, and we should be too. And we could say, well, this didn't work out like I thought it should, and that didn't work out like I thought it should. Well, that's really insignificant to the reality that God is on the throne, and he is working things out according to his plan. How do we keep our lamps full? Pastor Dave did a great job last week of answering that question, by the way, and we maybe don't like it because he talked about some of the disciplines of being a disciple, like prayerfully being in the Word of God. He talked about some of his frustration, and I carry the same thing with where things are at in a number of areas, in our nation and in other areas. In fact, Jesus tells a parable that there is coming a time when nations are sorted as sheep nations and goat nations. And we should be concerned about our nation. I know there is a call to make America great again. I have been saying for months, and I'll say again, I am convinced the only way that can happen is if we make the name of Jesus great again in America. I have no confidence in the donkey or the elephant. I have confidence in the lamb and the lion. Think about it. And I believe Jesus, the name of Jesus is being made great again in America. And I believe Jesus is coming. And I believe that we will, uh, you know, we are closer to the second coming. And even as I said earlier, I am convinced that he gets here long before he gets here. We need, uh, God has so put that in my spirit, and uh, I can only 
using natural terms of the coming of a dignitary into a city and preparation takes place and, and there's evidence of the person, man or woman, coming long before they ever get here. And you could say, well, they're already here because look what's, look all that's going on. And so it is, I believe, with the coming of Jesus Christ. He will be here long before the day when he's actually here and his feet are on Mount Olive or how, whatever you believe. But the reality is he is here. And he's getting more here all the time. And the evidences of his coming are more here all the time. So, how do we keep our lamps lit? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Again, the scripture telling us, I believe, what time it is. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I want you to notice the difference between that which is wise and that which is foolish. Remember, we're talking about the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. See then that you walk circumcised, or, I mean, circumcisedly. <laughs> Don't even go there with me. <laughs> not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. Everyone say one another. What time is it? This is a time when we need one another. This is a time when we need to be encouraging one another. This is a time when the church needs to be the church, and this is the time when we need the church to be the church in our lives, and we get to be the church in other people's lives. This is a time when we need one another. Why? The days are evil. Now, the truth is, Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. I believe the evil you will have with you always as well. And so to say the days are evil, yes, They've always been evil, but we are living in a unique time when that which is evil is being shouted from the rooftop, and that which is good is being called evil, and that which is evil is being called good, and that should concern us. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Renee opened this morning, for those of you who weren't here yet, with a psalm, was it 133 or 33? And it talks about, you know, exalt him on the uh, harp, and she changed it a little bit to say guitar, and, you know, and it talks about the various instruments in the Bible, some of which still kind of exist and some don't. But here's one instrument that still exists, the human voice. A shout is still a shout. Singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, no matter how raspy and hoarse and off-tune it sounds, is still the greatest instrument of all that we can play. Singing and making melody in our heart. 
singing to one another psalms and hymns, encouraging one another. What time is it? It's time for one another. It's time to be together. It's time to encourage one another. Uh, if you're not part of a connect group, I encourage you to become one. Connect with people, whatever that looks like. But recognize we need the body of Christ. We always have, we always will, we always do. But particularly in times and seasons like this, we need to be encouraging one another. Giving thanks, oh... Do you know how powerful thankfulness is? It is so thankfulness. Um, thankfulness can take us from a spirit of heaviness to a spirit of joy. You put on the garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness lifts. It's a reality. And thankfulness is a huge part of that. And I know that we have those here this morning who may be going through difficult times, but I tell you what, if nothing else, you can be so thankful that the bridegroom's coming. You can be so thankful that he's gone just like to prepare a place for you. And whether... whether he comes to you or brings you to him doesn't matter. We can be so thankful for the hope and confidence we have in eternal life. We can be so thankful for the, the reality of those who have gone before us uh, that they are experiencing the realities of heaven. I realize some in the room are younger than others. By the way, did you know that the number of people older than you never decreases or increases? The number of people older than you never increases. From the day you were born, the number of people older than you never increases. It only decreases. What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> Just this. I'll let you know when the Lord tells me. <laughs> that the reality is that you and I are going on and we're moving on. And one of the things that we can be thankful for if uh, things aren't going so well on this planet is the hope and confidence of heaven. giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another. There it is again, one another. In the fear of the Lord. I believe that we need to have in our, carry with us a, holy fear of the Lord in this day. If you are unhappy with what's going on in the world and in this nation and all that, understand this, God is too. 
and he's going to address some things, and that should cause us to be very reverent and very humble in heart and in spirit. I come from a family of eight, and I'm the oldest. And I remember when Dad decided that things had to be said in order in the house because the kids were getting too rowdy. It brought a reverence to all the kids. <laughs> Even if they had done nothing wrong. And for you and I, I believe, in this day, when uh, the righteous judge is in the process of setting some things in his order, and not our order, but his order, there ought to be a holy fear in us, lest we get caught up in the correction that he brings. You understand what I'm saying? That doesn't mean we necessarily are doing anything wrong. But you think things are messy now? It can get messier. And sometimes it looks like things are coming apart, but in reality, God is bringing all things together. Turn with me, and I'm going to close with this and leave you with this. Hebrews chapter 10. This is part of what I believe is going on right now. Verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days in which you were illuminated. You endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both of reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became champions of those who were so treated. This may not be true for all of you, but some of you, some of us, when we came to the Lord, not everyone was so thrilled. That word, spectacle, is the word theatroso. It's the word we get our word theater from. And the thought there is, and this is the Apostle Paul writing. Well, no, it isn't. We don't know who this is writing. This is the book of Hebrews. But this writer, if it's not the Apostle Paul, and I'm not pretending to say I know who it was, but whether it was the Apostle Paul the Apostle Paul understood the reality of this very well, as did the other apostles. And that was that what that scripture is really saying and what it implies is you and I are put on a stage by the Lord to be a spectacle for ridicule. That's what that word in the original language meant. And that was the thought. Put on stage, but to be taunted and ridiculed. And we are living in a day when you and I, if we really let our light shine, and if we really have oil in our lamps, not everyone's going to be excited about that. What time is it? It is time to let your light shine, no matter how upset people around you get. It's time to be a voice for righteousness, no matter how upset people get around you. 
It is a time to allow God to put you on display as a spectacle on the stage that says, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. I am a part of the church of Jesus Christ. I am the bride of Christ. And I am going to stand for that which is right and that which is true. Some of us are going through things in our lives that might put us on display as a spectacle. In fact, we just read it, tribulations and sufferings. The early church was put on display by God and said, this is my trophy. And God took the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And don't be surprised if you, in your foolishness, because you are a person of wisdom, you in your foolishness to the world will be used of God to confound the wise. Don't shrink back from that. In fact, that's what our text said if we read on. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, this is, my, this is the word of the Lord to you this morning. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Which, was, which has great reward, for you have indeed, you have need of endurance, so that you, that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he is coming, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but we, but of those who believe in the saving of the soul. Walk with a confidence in who you are in God. It's time to let your light shine. And I'm not saying you're not. I'm encouraging you continue to let your light shine. Continue to endure. Continue to press through. Continue to move by the voice of God, by the direction of God. These, uh, they that are led of the Spirit, these are the children of God. Don't be surprised that to many you're the fragrance of death, but understand this, to some you'll be the fragrance of life. It's time to let yourself smell. It's time to be who you're proclaimed to be by the word of God. It's time to be salt, and it's time to be light. And, and I don't mean in a uh, demonstrative way or a, arrogant way, I mean in a humble way. You know, when, when darkness is in the room, it's very easy to see the light. And I want you to know, I believe, people are watching you, and they're watching me. Keep your oils, keep your lamps full. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you for the promise of your coming. We thank you for the grace 
to be men and women and young people who know uh, the times and the seasons we're living in, that it's time to be expectant, that it's time to be uh, people of joy when others around us may not be so joyful. It's time to be people of hope when others around us may not be so hopeful. We thank you that we can live with a confidence that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. But nonetheless, our part is important. We ask you to bless each person here, Father. May we be those who are wise, redeeming the time. May we be those who are filled with the Spirit, those who have our lamps full. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.